could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. The capacity to learn is a gift. The ability to learn is also a gift, but the willingness to learn is a choice. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Asia, and today the theme for our show is the gift of learning. Today is also our 200th show, which is absolutely crazy, and Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. Each week, we bring you a stimulating, mind-mending, motivating program based on a chapter from our award-winning book, Be The Star You Are For Teens, Simple Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning and Leading. This segment, we have myself and Brigitte, and we're going to be talking, I'm going to be talking about college and all things great about education. So my gift of learning was the opportunity to go to college, and I was given the opportunity to go because of scholarships that I had, and that I had won, and my mom had helped me with the crazy amount of essays that I had to write to develop my ideas, and that was crazy. It took a couple months, it took a lot of perseverance and a lot of sacrifices, and it was very time-consuming, but it was definitely worth it. I then got the other the other scholarship that I have from. NFIB, uh, National Foundation for Independent Businesses, and this was a $15,000 scholarship. And this golden opportunity was able to allow me to get my education that I dreamed of, and I'm starting out at my community college, and then I'll be transferring to university for business. College was something that was a major goal of mine since I was still in high school. I was waiting to take control of my education. I knew what I was going to be when I was older. I wanted to be, and I still want to be, a fashion designer. I want to own my own business and own my own label, really. And in my second semester of college, it's going great. It's awesome. I love college. It's full of choices that you get to make yourself. I get to take the classes that I want when I want. I've been able to create something for myself, by myself. And my degree is business, and soon I'll be changing it to something else, possibly you know, business marketing or something fashion-related. But all that I know is I'm enjoying creating my own future. And I do have some advice uh, because when I was in high school, I was in my junior year, and I had to take my ACTs and SATs, and that was a lot of studying and a lot of crazy cramming. And as I got to this, the test, I'm taking it, and I felt like I was doing pretty good. And then it came to the math part, and I'm terrible at math. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> My brain wasn't hardwired that way, but you know, that's that's some people. You know, people have that skill. Some people don't. But 
I realized, you know, this is a lot of hard work and this is going to take a lot of effort to be able to get into college. And there are a lot of things that I have to do. And I'm not a straight A student. I'm not um, A pluses all the way down my report card. And, you know, that's okay. I was okay with that. And, you know, I, I know I put in effort. I know I put in the best that I can with my education. And if that's not straight A pluses, but it's B's and A's, uh, that's okay. And I, you know, was thinking I'm going to have to do something for me to be able to get into college because I didn't have the money to put myself to college myself. And my parents definitely didn't have the money to send me to a four-year university based on their income alone. So I had to find a way to get some scholarships. I had to find a way for somebody to uh, really sponsor my college career. And that's when writing college admission essays and college application essays came into hand. And what we did was we went on college scholarship uh, websites and we just looked for as many as we possibly can. And I looked at all of the different uh, college scholarships that they had and different uh, types of scholarships that they had. They have so many. It's crazy. And I looked at all the essays that I needed to write and a lot of them had a very similar question. Uh, It was, how is this going how is this scholarship going to benefit your college career and what is this scholarship going to do for you? And at that point, I was able to list every single thing because one, I didn't have the money to go to college. Two, I wasn't sure how I was able to go to college without the money that I didn't have. And it was it was a goal of mine that I've had since I was in high school. And it was something that I've wanted to do ever since I realized, you know, I want to take control of my career. I want to take control of my education, take the classes that I know I need, that I need to get into my dream career, which is owning my own fashion label, and just really be able to um, create something for myself. And I explained on my college essays that, look, you know, this scholarship is going to help me create my own future. It's going to be that stepping stone and that launch of confidence and uh, really security that I'm able to go to college because somebody else is helping me. That, you know, I didn't have to do this all on my own. I wouldn't have to worry about doing three jobs to get the income that I needed to go to college. And that was what I thought I was going to have to do is get all these jobs and have to work 40 plus hours a week to be able to pay off my college debt. And that was one thing that I really didn't want to do is have debt because of my college fund. And, uh, but now that I have these scholarships, it's really awesome. And there are a lot of things that I'm learning and I'm in my second semester now and I've learned some, some do's and don'ts of college. Uh, definitely one of them is do not put off any homework. It's definitely not like high school, uh, where you can ask your teacher if you can turn something in late because in college there is no late, late work. You either get it done or you get a zero on it. And that's a very hard truth to be smacked upside the head with. You know, once you get into college, it's you're on your own. You don't have a teacher looking after you and what you need to do. And they're not going to pester you on whether or not you turn your homework in. The teacher is basically saying, okay, here's your homework. You don't turn it in. That's not my fault. It's you need to get your homework done. And it's a very, uh, very huge reality check for you. You know, if, if you were bad at turning your homework in in high school, then you're going to have to figure out something to do in in college because it's a very, 
uh, dog eat dog world. Not it's not it's not as aggressive as it sounds, but it's a very uh, you need a lot of self self discipline really when you're in college. You need a lot of self discipline. You need a lot of um, time management, and that's one thing that I've learned is I've got to manage my time more, and I'm going to manage my time better than when I was in uh, in high school because you know. It's not like, okay, you have your math, English, and history homework that you got to do. Uh, this math homework is due on this day, and then this uh, history homework is due on this day. And if you really need help, come ask me. If you need to turn in light work, just ask me. Uh, and in college, you have all of your other classes, and they all have their own schedules. You know, they don't work around anything. And what was interesting to find out is that, you know, even though it's such a crazy uh, atmosphere in college. It's awesome to know that you have control over your education, over the classes that you get to take, over the kind of degree that you want. I thought that was awesome because in high school, you don't really have that kind of choice. And, you know, high school is awesome because they give you the ability to be able to learn what it's like uh, in college. They give you, like my old school, uh, this high school that I graduated from, they give you the opportunity to be able to take breaks between classes. So you had an off period between a certain class and another one. And I thought that was so cool because that gave you an insight on what your college schedule is going to be like. Because if you take a certain class, let's say you have a math class in the morning, but you have two hours in between your math class and your next class, which could be English, you have those two hours to either mess around or do all the work that you need to get done. And and in college, that's, that's pretty much what it's like. And in college, you're really giving yourself the opportunity to uh, really learn what you want to be able to learn. You know, I'm going for business, and I'm going for everything that's going to teach me and uh, help me understand all the aspects about business. So I'm really allowing myself to learn what I want to learn, and I think that's awesome. And there's a lot of definitions for learning, and here's one of them that I found. It's learning is acquiring new or modifying and reinforcing existing knowledge, behaviors, skills, values, or preferences, and they involve synthesizing different types of information. And in college, you have so many things that you could take hold of and get your grasp on. And for a lot of people, it's acquiring new education or you're reinforcing existing knowledge because you're going back for something because you feel that you need to modify your uh, your education. And the ability to learn is possessed by humans, animals, and some machines. And that shows us how easy it is to take hold of the opportunity to learn. And the whole and during college, it's a very huge journey, and it's very it helps you grow, and it's a progress. And over time, you learn new things, you learn the do's and don'ts of life because it's really an intro of the new world that you're going to be entering in. And the progress over time tends to follow learning curves. And learning is not compulsory; it's actually contextual. And it does not happen all at once, but it's built upon and it's shaped by what we already know. To that end, learning can be viewed as a process rather than a collection of factual and procedural knowledge. And 
that's what it is in college. And it's awesome. And you're going through this process and this progress and you're learning who you really are and what your knowledge is. And I think that's really fun. And ending on that note, I really encourage everybody to take hold of the opportunity to learn anything that you can. If you have the opportunity to take a class that you never knew you would possibly like, do it. Take some chances, learn some new stuff. It's really fun. And if you're in college right now or you're about to be in college, definitely make the most of it. Take all the chances that you can and take a lot of opportunities that are right in front of you. During the break, everyone, be sure to check out our brand new radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, and more. And also, please visit our charity site at btsya.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. Stay right here with us as we continue our conversation on the gift of learning. I'm Asia Gonzalez. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting, joyful program. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. And I'm Brigitte, and today our show is all about learning. Joining us today is nature photographer Carol Freeman. Carol Freeman's true passion is photographing, uh, photographing nature. Her images reflect her philosophy of finding beauty in everything. Her art is an extension of her affinity, affinity for the serene, healing aspects of the world around her. She sees with an artist's eye and feels with a na- naturalist's heart. Her respect of nature has led her to create beautiful, light-filled images with low-impact techniques that leave the habitat just as she found it. So her shots are all achieved without the use of flash, fill, or tripod. 
Carol founded a non-for-profit called Team Green Environmental Network, a 501c3 organization dedicated to environmental education. Its mission is to educate, enlighten, and inspire people and connect with them and learn to learn and appreciate nature. Carol received a BFA from the University of Illinois in graphic design, and with a minor in photography, she continues taking classes to earn a naturalist certificate. Carol is happiest when she's out in nature taking pictures, investigating prairies, wetlands, and nature preserves, looking for endangered species, and finding new ways to make a difference. Hi, Carol. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. All right. So... When did you learn that you wanted to be a photographer? Where did that passion come into play? You know, I was very artistic early on. I was drawing, and my dad gave me one of his old little box cameras. Uh, you can look that up. And <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just had fun going around, snapping pictures. And when I got to college... My major was graphic design, Mm -hmm. but uh, photography was available as electives. So I wound up taking every photography class I could take, and I actually took enough photography classes that it became a minor. Um, And yeah, I just just absolutely loved it. I originally thought I was going to be a fashion photographer, but... That, did, that didn't work out. <laughs> we all have dreams that we think we're going to do, but then we discover something else. And we're like, ooh, we like that better, so we're just going to do that instead. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're very, you're definitely, of course, nature photography, and you look at, you know, nature through the lens of a camera. So why is photography, you mentioned again um, that you started out with drawing. So mm-hmm. why is photography maybe your, like, preferred medium of art? Why do you like it better than maybe drawing or more uh, other art types of art that people use? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I, I love to, to draw, but the, the photography gives me, I think, more opportunities to capture a variety of nature more quickly. Mm. Drawing, drawing takes a longer period of time. Definitely. And <laughs> when, I, when I had my graphic design business, Going out into nature on weekends was just so restorative, and I would bring my camera. And it turned out that I had several clients that happened to use nature photos from time to time in their marketing materials. Mm. So I thought, well, you know, as long as I'm out in nature, I'll bring my camera, and maybe I can get a picture that that uh, maybe Nightingale Conant could use on one of their educational, you know, mm-hmm. CD or DVD programs, and it turned out that that was exactly the case. And I thought, hmm, well, maybe there's other clients that could use (laughs) some nature photos in their marketing materials. And uh, since I was the owner of the graphic design business, I could pick and choose clients. So I started to actively go out and seek clients that could use nature photos. So. One of my clients was a bird store, so I started getting bird photos that we used in some of the ads and promotional materials. And then I uh, courted the Chicago Botanic Garden and got them as a client for a while, and so they used some of my photos. And then I went and got uh, some work from the Nature Conservancy of Illinois, and they needed a lot of photos. And they actually sent me around 
to all their sites in Illinois just so I could get photos for their marketing materials. That was fun. (laughs) That's really cool. I like how you took hold of that opportunity. That's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. You were talking about graphic design and how you went for that originally in college. And then you discovered photography and how you loved that. And you took it enough to where it became a minor. How has operating a graphic design company affected the way that you view art and nature? How did that come in tie? Well, learning the graphic design has been so helpful. Mm -hmm. And when I was in high school, I was a big art person back then. And actually I had this wonderful teacher, Mr. Davis, who I'd like to thank very much. And he uh, had a graphic design class. It was very basic in high school, just the basics. Yeah. And back in those days when I was in high school, it was all done by hand. We didn't have computers. <laughs> so um, he, he uh, found out about a job opportunity down the road. Um, a local business was looking for somebody to come in and do what they called key line and paste up. You can look mm. that up. But that was the old-fashioned way of putting together magazines and newspapers and so on. And he recommended me for the job. And so my very first job was, was doing graphic design work uh, in high school. And I thought, well, you know, that's a good way to make, make a living. So mm-hmm. I, I went into uh, my major... Um, actually, it's kind of a, a funny story. I'm digressing a little bit, but my major going into college was actually medical illustration. Mm. Oh. I was going to combine my love of science with drawing. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of some ethical differences I had with the University of Illinois, mm-hmm. I changed my major the first week after they asked me to do something that I felt was unethical. I actually went into the office and changed my major that day from medical illustration to graphic design. So it was a a little, yeah, sort of, you know, fate pushing me in different directions. (laughs) But what I learned from graphic design was so important. The the whole visual aesthetic, um, Mm -hmm. how to to put type together. I actually hand-drew type um, and learning... Uh, how to create logos, how to create uh, business cards, letterheads, envelopes, brochures, flyers. And all of those things have come in so handy with my photography business. Because that that whole aspect of marketing is, I think, overlooked. People just concentrate on, oh, the photography, the photography. Mm -hmm. I would say if you want to go into photography as a career, take marketing. Yes. Don't take photography. (laughs) You're going to need that. Exactly. You can learn the basics. And um, beyond that, you're going to need to know how to put together a website. You're going to need to know how to do marketing, uh, Mm -hmm. writing, how to write promotional materials, how to sell yourself. Business communications. Business communications. Absolutely. That is mm-hmm. so important. That's what I'm taking right now, actually. <laughs> Once you there know that, that, you have a foundation that yeah. you can go into everything else. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, with even though you have a certain type of uh, passion, there's a lot that actually goes into it. You know, like you said, you're going to need to know how to write 
You're going to need to know how to build your own website for your business because how else are you going to promote it? And, and, you know, you're going to need to know marketing because you're going to need to market your product and your business to other people. How are you going to know how to do that without that class or that kind of education? Yeah, like what my my English teacher always tells us, oh, you better pay attention in English because you're going to need that writing skill to (laughs) get you a job later on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's it's awesome that you were able to, Carol, to go through all of these different paths and then mm-hmm. take that and apply it to your photography. But what are some of the maybe like struggles that you had becoming a photographer, finding your path to photography through all of these other fields? And how did you successfully overcome them? Uh, that's a great question. I I started slowly. And I guess the good news was I had a very successful graphic design business that allowed me the financial resources to invest in equipment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also was working with organizations like the Nature Conservancy and Chicago Mm -hmm. Wilderness Magazine that helped to educate me about the subject matter. And that's Mm -hmm. really where I started realizing how much I didn't know about what I was (laughs) photographing. And uh, Chicago Wilderness Magazine, a wonderful magazine, unfortunately, is no longer produced. They would send out a wish list. These are the upcoming articles and these are the species we would like to highlight in the magazine. And I'd go through the list and I'm just, I, I don't even know what this is. I would sit at the computer and type in the, you know, the scientific <laughs> names, the Latin names, and, and do my research on the Internet to try to figure out what it was. Oh, it's that. And they would ask for specific, they would ask for specific um, dragonflies or butterflies, not just a dragonfly. They wanted a specific one. Mm-hmm. And it was often one that was rare or endangered. And this is, you know, you can probably guess this is what sort of spurred me on to start my endangered species photography project. Because yeah. I'd get this list of species uh, and and half a dozen of them were rare and endangered. And I'd say, I don't have any of these. And so if I wanted to contribute to the magazine, I had to learn what the species was, learn where the habitat was, uh, figure out how to, you know, get there, find the best time of day to photograph it. What Mm -hmm. were the associated plants that could be found with it and get a good picture on top of it. So, So that started just this this quest to um, get out to the local preserves. You know, I started locally because it was close and I could get there quickly. Yeah. And when I was running a big graphic design business, I didn't have a whole lot of time. So I just started with the time that I had. I'd get out, you know, in the summer, I could get out mm-hmm. at 6 o'clock and still be at work by 8. So um, I'd go to the closest place so I wasn't wasting time driving. So I'd go to local okay. places, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd talk to the uh, stewards who were working the land or the, or the person who might be uh, you know, conducting a tour. I would meet up with groups, I would hook up with birders, and everybody mm-hmm. knew something. And That's so cool. every yeah. person I met would teach me a little something, and I also invested in a whole library full of field guides. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that's, that's cool. amazing. Yeah. And so, man, I really love that you have all this information and that you were able to get out there and research everything. So thanks so much for joining us for this segment. And it was a pleasure to talk to you. We're going to be continuing to talk um, to in the next segment because unfortunately we're out of time. But we'll continue learning about your work with nature and art in the next segment. So support our show and these amazing segments by giving a donation to Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. For more information on how to do this, please go to bethestarur.org. We've just built a new website, so please check it out and follow our blog. Again, that website is bethestarur.org. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Uh, Also remember to check our new video, uh, our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And also be sure to check out Carol's website at www.carolfreeman.com. When we come back from break, we will take it in a new direction with uh, Carol, and we're going to be talking more about her her, uh, career. So stay tuned. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today's topic is the gift of learning. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Brigitte Gia. We're back this segment with nature photographer Carol Freeman. Carol Freeman Photography is sought out for photo assignments by a variety of clients. Um, projects range from photographing, uh, photo- sorry, photographing nature preserves to creating products for fundraising. Carol has created a line of products showcasing her photography, including calendars, posters, bookmarks, greeting cards, art prints, a postcard book, and more, with a percentage of all proceeds going to fund her Endangered Species Photography Project. Her work is exhibited in galleries, published in school textbooks, and prized by private collectors. Hello again, Carol. 
Hello. Yeah. So in the last segment, we went over a lot of how you got started and how this career came to be, where you really started getting into nature photography. And so um, we've been informed that you have this new project, the Endangered Species Photography Project, where you've been uh, photographing like new uh, species that are endangered. Um, so tell us a little more about this project and how it works. Uh, great. Well, as, as I mentioned before, I started getting this request for images from Chicago Wilderness Magazine, mm-hmm. and a lot of them were threatened and endangered, and I realized I just didn't have those pictures. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of really wonderful nature photographers in the area, you know, I live in a major metropolitan area and a lot of people. And I thought, well, one way that I might be able to differentiate my photography from a lot of these other people is by having images that not everybody else had. And I thought, well, the ones that people don't have are the rare ones. So I actually went and did some research. I went online. And I found out that there's an actual list of threatened and endangered species. And there's one for every state. There's one for the country as a whole. But I just focused on the ones from Illinois. And I downloaded the list. And I realized there are 483 threatened and endangered species in Illinois alone. Wow. Yeah. That was that was just amazing. And I looked at the list and I realized I, I did have about 20 of the species that I had just photographed by chance <laughs> uh, through, through my dealings with, you know, the Nature Conservancy and other places. I just happened to have some of those species. And I thought, well, mm-hmm. let's see how many I can photograph. Mm-hmm. And I had, uh, because of my work with places like the Nature Conservancy and the Chicago Botanic Garden, I knew some people who dealt with these rarest of the rare species, and I contacted them, and I said, hey, would you be willing to help me find and photograph some of these species? And they said, absolutely. And that began my collaboration with the Plants of Concern, with the Wildlife Discovery Center, with the Peggy Notabart Nature Museum, and all of these people have just been so wonderful and so helpful in, um, you know, giving me their time and and expertise. And mm-hmm. I mean, because just coordinating to find, let's say, one plant, I have to find out when it's in bloom. I have to find out the location. I have to coordinate with the when I'm working with plants of concern, they have somebody who's monitoring that plant and taking scientific data. So I have to coordinate with them to see if they're willing to take me out with them. And so we hike usually into the middle of nowhere. And um, fortunately, they're there to show me what the plant is. Some of the plants are only a couple inches high. Some of them are very big and showy. But I would never find them on my own, even knowing what they look like in the middle of you know hundreds of acres I'm looking for three plants, you know, you know, the odds of finding that are <laughs> a needle are, in a haystack. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's really been just this amazing, uh, fun, educational journey. Every, and each person who, who takes me out, they, they have their own connection to the plant. And so they share with me, uh, 
a little bit of how they feel about the plant, how they feel about the site, their take on nature in general, you know, why they're out volunteering and collecting this data uh, or working as a steward to protect the land. And it's just been amazing. And I highly recommend if any of you guys can find a local work day where you can cut down brush or do seed collecting, I, I highly recommend experiencing that. It is a lot of fun and very rewarding. Mm, that's really cool. And with the medium that you use, photography, a lot of people, when they use different mediums such as drawing or painting or uh, music, it really has a calming effect on those who practice it. I know when I draw or do any kind of uh, drawing, I just sit there and I just go in the zone. I just kind of go into a Zen mode. Does photography have that same effect on you? Does it have that sort of meditation effect? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I actually, uh, at, at one time, used to teach a class called Zen Photography because that's oh. exactly, <laughs> that's exactly how I go. feel about it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the things that perhaps differentiates me from a lot of other photographers, as you mentioned, I don't use a tripod. Mm-hmm. I handhold mm-hmm. all my shots. And because of that, I tend to have... Um, a smaller lens. So my longest lens is only a 400 millimeter lens, um, mm-hmm. f 5.6. So it's a, it's, a, it's a lighter weight lens, which allows me to really immerse myself into the environment. And mm-hmm. I can be more stealthy, perhaps, because I'm not lugging around a big tripod. I'm not mm. banging it. I'm not, you know, I can present a smaller profile and I feel blend in better with the environment so that very quickly after I've been in a location, maybe 10, 15 minutes, I'll sit down and mm-hmm. still my energy and uh, become, if I can, be accepted by the local wildlife that's there. Mm. And then I can get uh, shots of, of behaviors and activities that I wouldn't get if the wildlife was on alert or scurrying away from me. And um, the whole Zen-like approach is really so important for me. And Mm -hmm. being present, being in the moment, and calming my energy. And that means, you know, putting all the worries aside and clearing my mind and, and, uh, not thinking about the bills I have to pay or the conversation that I <laughs> yeah. had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I realize if I'm walking along and I'm not seeing wildlife, I look inside because that means my energy is being broadcast out and I'm scaring away the, the wildlife. So mm-hmm. it's a wonderful reflection of how clean my energy is by how close the wildlife will get. It's, it's, it's an excellent reminder, and it's been a fabulous Zen experience every time I go out. I definitely agree with you on that. You know, like when you're drawing or you're trying to – I do fashion design. So I, when I'm designing different creations, I feel that I have like a sort of writer's block in a sense if I'm not con- concentrated on what I am doing in the moment, if I'm worrying about everything else that's going around me, you know. What next is due for school or, you know, what do I have to do at work tomorrow or what other bills do I have to pay? I'm not letting my creativity flow as much as I would if I wasn't worrying about everything else that was going on. Yeah, That's- so 
Um, I yeah, like I really found that I guess it's hard, especially to hold a conversation when you're trying like yeah to do art. You know, like I'll be drawing, and then my friend will be like, "Hey, do you want to go out sometime?" I'm like, no, I'm drawing. Please stop. <laughs> I'm letting my creativity flow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's a, that's a very good point. I mean, sometimes I'll mm-hmm. go out with people and and photograph with somebody else, and I just realize I can't. I can't do both. Either I'm, I'm out having a social experience mm-hmm. and we just happen to be out in nature and we both happen to have cameras or when I'm really concentrating on my photography, I do. I just prefer to go by myself or I'll go with another professional photographer who wanders off and does his own thing and then, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. we'll, we'll hook up later. That's, you know, um, we're together, but we're very separate focusing mm-hmm. on what, what we're each doing. Um, yeah, so, I feel like if you're able to do that with somebody, which I think is really cool, if you're able to do that with somebody and they're okay that you need your creative space, that's like the perfect partner to do something like that with. Absolutely, absolutely. I I do have a couple of friends who, who understand the need for quiet and mm-hmm. separation, but it's also nice to know that if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you've got somebody you know, in phone range or, or earshot, mm-hmm. you can yeah. kind of call out and say, hey, I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, it, that, that does come in handy. And if you're new to exploring nature areas, I do recommend going with mm-hmm. a friend. Yeah. Uh, but I do also recommend that you both maybe find a spot a few feet from each other and just sit very quietly. And there's something mm-hmm. about sitting that grounds your energy and helps you really get in touch with the moment instead of walking because you we, we tend to walk and not notice things and of course leave your phones in your pockets mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> the little screen is distracting mm-hmm. it is absolutely yeah uh speaking of smaller screens or i guess smaller lenses uh you mentioned that yeah that you don't work with a tripod and you kind of try to get closer to nature so is it easier to express maybe yourself or the art within nature through a smaller lens is it do like a lot of um photographers use bigger lenses to capture maybe like a giant horizon do you find it easier to kind of focus on the smaller things well my specific type of photography i do a lot of close-up photography uh, and I do a lot of wildlife photography. And when I with a smaller lens, I just mean a little bit lighter weight. I mean, you'll see some of the professional photographers with the giant lenses that mm-hmm. weigh, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 pounds. And I personally, and perhaps, you know, I, I've, I've joked to people that I'm just a lazy photographer. But <laughs> I don't, I don't want to carry that much weight. I want to mm-hmm. experience the nature and if I'm lucky, get a Mm -hmm. photograph. So so it's uh, other people are like, I'm a professional photographer. I'm taking all my gear and, you know, this, you know, they sort of, I I feel they, they brute their way through it Mm -hmm. where I'd rather have the connection with nature first. All right. And connect that way and then get pictures. And I think Mm -hmm. that shows in the photography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I'm so it's so cool that you have, you know, this strong connection with both your career and photography. So thanks so much for joining us today. And it was a 
real pleasure to talk to you. So to learn more about Carol, visit her website at www.carolfreemanphotography.com. She can be reached at Carol Freeman Photography at 847-404 and 8508 Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And I'm Brigitte. And I'm Asia. During the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for the Be The Star You Are 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. Don't go anywhere because we're going to take the next segment and we'll be discussing art and learning with Brigitte. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Brigitte. And our program is Express Yourself. Today, the theme for our show is the gift of learning. And I'm Asia. Thanks for staying with us here as we continue our conversation on learning. This has been a great show, and it's about to get even better because this segment, Brigitte will be discussing learning and art in another installment of her segment, Art Attack. Hey, Brigitte. (laughs) Hey, guys. It's Brigitte, of course. And today we'll be discussing art and its connection with learning. And so... Many people in the world today, of course, are visual learners, meaning mm-hmm. that they, yeah, they do better with pictures and images than they do with words. And young children especially kind of relate to this, where when you're a kid, you like images, you've only ever associated and been experienced with images within the world. And young children tend to become more easily immersed when there are pictures to catch their attention, because these kids will learn, you know, reading and writing after they've already seen the world with their eyes. And that's really why illustrators exist. And so illustrations and the people who, you know, illustrate them are often (laughs) overlooked when people talk about art. And so when you talk about art, you tend to discuss more the bigger things, the bigger paintings, and not really these kind of rudimentary building blocks that illustrators provide. 
And drawing and painting to kind of match the storyline of a book is really difficult because you're trying as an illustrator to appeal to younger audiences and you have to create art that is inviting and helpful to kids who are trying to learn the knowledge on the page. And so as an illustrator, your job is really to kind of transform the page that the kid is reading into this whole adventure. And Mm -hmm. It's really, yeah, it's so difficult to do that, really, to follow up and not go with your own interpretation, but instead draw the interpretation that's on the page. And so illustrators really help to jumpstart the learning process through their images, and they kind of put words into the context of real life. And so when a kid can see a picture, it helps them just incorporate the information better. And kids are more easily able to relate to images as well, and it really helps them learn properly. And so if I'm a kid and I read the word apple, you know, it doesn't mean that much to me unless I actually see a physical apple or maybe an illustrator has drawn an apple for me and I can connect the word and the image, therefore Mm. allowing me to learn. Yeah, and so... Therefore, illustrators have a job that's really, really important. And illustrations, I feel like, shouldn't be valued as anything less than art. Because illustrations are kind of uh, art with a purpose. It's it's different from the usual purpose of art, which is to kind of express yourself when you're trying to Mm -hmm. create a piece. You know, you try to get an idea out there. But with illustrations and with artists who illustrate books, it's really trying to get someone else's interpretation into a person's head or into a person's learning process. And so illustrations, I feel like, have a different end goal than most art. And so I'd like to just talk about one of my favorite illustrators, and it's Quentin Blake, I think is how you pronounce it. Um... Blake's art is often paired with storylines by Roald Dahl, which is also one of my favorite authors. Love Roald mm-hmm. Dahl. He great books, very, like classics. And I feel like Blake really depicts each of the books really, really well. And he creates great imagery to help kids visualize what's really going on in the book. And so Blake has illustrated classics like Matilda, James and the Giant Peach, and the BFG. So all I these, love that story. Know, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I especially, I love Matilda because, um, first of all, of course, the storyline is fantastic. Yeah. And then you have a girl who's, you know, really into learning and she wants to borrow all these books. And then Blake's illustrations when Matilda, spoil alert, <laughs> Matilda, <laughs> um, she channels her energy from her brain to kind of pick up objects. And I really like it when Blake is illustrating that part because it's kind of hard to visualize someone picking things up with the energy within their brain. But Blake does such a good job that you can really visualize what Matilda is doing in that moment. And so these are all kind of classic titles that have been, you know, illustrated and put into the minds of kids by both Blake and the storyline. And so mm-hmm. Blake really helps, you know, put these books into these kids' learning paths. And so his art has really colored the childhoods of many generations of kids. And so really picture books are valuable assets, of course, to kids learning. And art created for picture books has a purpose, you know, to help children learn visually through shapes and characters linked to the information they're taking in, as I said. And it's just it's just really great when you have a bunch of illustrators who have put their minds to instead of expressing themselves normally more they put themselves to educating our future you know our posterity and 
when people say that illustrations aren't really art because you're not going for your own interpretation of what's going on, I think that's that's pretty false because you have a purpose. You have a great purpose, in fact, which is to educate the kids of today. And because you have this strong purpose and you're putting out your artwork for this purpose, I feel that illustrations should really be definitely considered as some of the finest art out there. And mm. yeah, and you know, it's just illustrations are really undervalued in today's society and they teach people through their word of their art instead of through words and that should really be regarded as art and not anything else yeah and so, I agree with that. yeah right like it, it shouldn't be that you oh you're an illustrator you're not a real artist or oh you're an illustrator you do children's books whatever it should be I think people hey. who illustrate children's books mm-hmm. are awesome because they have given the children the ability mm-hmm. to learn in a different way because I'm definitely a visual learner I don't do well with just reading something I have to see yeah. it physically and right there mm-hmm. in front of me which is also why, uh, you know, with college now, the mm-hmm. websites that we use to turn a homework in, if we have mm-hmm. a textbook on there, it's just words. You're just reading it on the screen, which is why I like to go and get the physical textbook myself. That way I have something in my hands and I'm mm-hmm. looking at something physically and looking at it while I'm reading a textbook because that makes it so much easier instead of just yeah. staring at a screen, especially if yeah, there's pictures exactly. in there. Mm-hmm. Then it, I'm such, it I'm really such helps a kid. I'm such a process. kid. <laughs> I like pictures. Hey, I mean, it's a good thing. Pictures are wonderful, and they really just display everything out for you. Oh, they I do. also, yeah, like when I'm studying, maybe I take I take European history, still in oh, high wow. school. <laughs> but um, yeah, instead of taking notes or just purely reading the textbook, I like to create a timeline. Which kind of, you know, it visualizes everything. It might not be, you know, an illustration, might not be exactly a work of art yet, but, you know, it's a timeline. It has you spread out all the dates on a kind of visual chain of events that you can then refer to. Yeah. And you bring up a really good point where, you know, art doesn't have to teach kids and it just, it's not just used in picture books and the like. And art can really be used to teach many, many things, and even to adults. Yeah. And, I've, you know, you see a lot of art that has been used to promote different purposes and motives, and they really teach the adults of the meaning behind the cause. I feel like this really kind of works well with um, earlier in the show, where we had a segment with Carol Freeman, the nature photographer, who was able to get her ideas through her photography, you know, she was able to educate adults of her cause and the reason behind the cause by uh, photographing um, endangered species and kind of posting them out to the public. And really, I feel like nowadays, since we have so much, you know, tablets or iPhones or electronics, Mm. it's actually, it might be easier to get information across through images rather than words, because since you can have a fast disposal of images, you can just flick through all these images and then you can get an idea of what's really going on behind the thing that you want to study. That actually brings something Mm -hmm. to mind where we use social media to do that. Mm -hmm. If we want to express something, we can use our Instagram accounts. We can use our Twitter accounts, our Tumblr Mm -hmm. account. I feel like a lot of inspiration (laughs) comes from Tumblr. You know, we have our blogs. We have something that we're passionate about and we're pretty Mm -hmm. much throwing it at everybody out there, saying, hey, look at what I've got. Here's something that I really want to educate you on, Mm -hmm. whether it's my 
drawings, it's my paintings, or it's my photography that I really want to put out for everybody else to see. And I feel like we can really put influence out there with our art Mm -hmm. through social media. That's why I love Instagram, because I like taking photos. I'm not the best (laughs) photographer out there. I will definitely not brag on my my photography talents, but I do love taking pictures, and that's why I love Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That's why I love Instagram, because... I can take a picture of something that I find beautiful or awesome mm-hmm. or, you know, I find the moment beautiful to where I can capture that and put that onto Instagram for everybody to see. Yeah, exactly. And that there's also um, a lot of paintings being worked into popular culture nowadays, which mm-hmm. I find really great. You've got, yeah. uh, I think, Edward Munch's The Scream. That's been yeah. put in. Yeah, that's like, very popular. Yeah, an emoji. And then you've got, <laughs> it's also a meme, I think, on the internet, which I find is great because now yeah. you have all oh, this sure. art being, <laughs> you know, just out there. It's, it's just wonderful. And so I really think that art can just be used to teach a lot. And that aspect of art is kind of disregarded with when you come to think of art you think of like expressing yourself but you can really use it to kind of express others words as well and teach other people about the subject you're trying to make more public I agree with that and you know I think with um with art you know we may not have the intention of making somebody learn something but I think it gives the opportunity of somebody to decide on whether or not they've learned something. Because that may not be the intention. You may not say, oh, here's a moral that I'm trying to express. Here's just an idea that I have. And whether or not you want to learn from it, that's your choice. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank you so much, Brigitte, for an awesome, terrific show. I love doing these. And I love <laughs> hearing your thoughts on learning, especially when it's connected to art. I find that so cool. Sadly, we have no more time, but we will talk more next time. I'm Asia Gonzalez. Thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, Matt. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. And I'm Brigitte Gia. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For information on our creative community, go to www.btsya.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, learn with passion, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines If you would let yourself